Hello, I'm Linda Seif from The Layered Onion. Thank you for joining us. We will be listening to our amazing creators talk about their art and mental health. 48 million artists all over the world share this lived experience. The Layered Onion was formed to create a supportive community, allowing the creators to focus on their art, bringing their work from the shadows to receive the recognition and opportunities they deserve. Each podcast will feature an artist who talks about their creations and mental wellness. Art is healing. We hope these discussions will inspire you to appreciate the stories behind the creations and more importantly, inspire your inner creator. Together, we can tackle the stigma surrounding mental health. Hello, Erin. Um, it's so great to see you. Thank you. So tell me, what drew you to art? I love the pun there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know... I think I started at such a young age, I don't really quite remember starting. Um, I've always been expressive and my expression was always encouraged. Um, even when That is so, uh, so wonderful because so, so many folks I talked to, they were discouraged, yeah. not encouraged. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy about that, what's beautiful about that is that even though my parents split up when I was young, they both were still equally very encouraging about my creativity. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes it was just like, okay, what's she doing now? But they never <laughs> just like put a halt to it. Never, mm -hmm. they never did that. So I will forever appreciate and be indebted to them for that. Um, and so, you know, from there, it kind of helped me find my own voice. But I would say that my artwork really picked up a lot and I didn't notice this because I was a kid, but when my parents split, that's when it really picked up. That's when it really, really picked up. For some people, it would die down. But for me, I don't know, subconsciously, I just kept drawing and kept creating and I was encouraged. And my dad signed me up for the um, Saturday morning art classes at the Columbus uh, College of Art and Design for kids. Mm. And so I remember going in when I was like eight. And they had the still life set up. And I remember it like yesterday, the still life had a fabric that was plaid. It was like white with red and um, like yellow and orange plaid lines and fruit and basket. And so I sat and I drew that. And um, so the kids that would come in by appointment and do their drawings, you had to turn in your drawing for a chance at a scholarship. Ah. So I was afforded the full scholarship for the Saturday morning wow. classes. That was the only reason I attended because we didn't have it like that growing up. Right, the right. The only reason I was able to attend was because of the scholarship. So I, I really tip my hat off to the people over that program at the Columbus College of Art and Design. I never attended as an adult, but that was where my career really started as a kid. Do and you think that you used your art to process your parents' divorce? I think so. Oh, yeah, very much. Very much because we had a lot of family photo albums that my dad kept. And I remember, um, you know, I would look through them and I would see pictures of us together and I would start to draw those pictures, especially the baby pictures of me and my brother. I, you know, here I am like nine and 10 years old and I would see baby pictures and I thought, well, we were just some cute little babies, weren't we? <laughs> so, 
I mean, just cute and fat with a lot of hair, right? So um, I loved drawing our baby photos. We looked happy mm-hmm. and together. And so that was where my love of portraiture began. And I sold my first uh, three pieces when I was 11 years old. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. In middle school, just brought them to school one day and the teachers, a few of the teachers, including my art teacher, whose name slips me, but it was uh, in the Groveport Madison School District. I don't know if you're familiar with Groveport, but my art teacher at the time, I think she bought two of them. And then another teacher bought a third. So, and then it became contagious. (laughs) Well, that's so exciting because I, it sounds like also in, school, you had a lot of encouragement. I did. Yeah, I didn't always feel it with all of my teachers. But when it came to my art, that was the one thing they all agreed on. Mm-hmm. You know, my behavior, not that I was a bad student, but there was some behavioral issues because my parents split early and there was not room to process. I didn't have therapy. You know, I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. I had my brother and I had my art. You know, so my brother is a year younger than me. Ah. Uh. We have the same mom and dad. So we went through it together. Luckily, we had each other and, and he had his sports and I had my art, you know. So uh, when you look back and did you see any patterns in the art from that period of time? Um, Except only the portraiture, like I loved portraiture. I never really liked drawing animals, plants, houses, just faces, people, mm-hmm. you know. I was always drawn to people, but it started with those childhood photos. And like I said, it was all very subconscious. I I was mostly by myself when I was drawing Um, because I was quiet. Nobody really bothered me. You know, nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody really bothered me because I was I was just always quiet into myself um, until it was time for me to open up. Like if somebody started talking to me, then I just open up and just yappity yap yap. (laughs) Kind of like right now. Yeah. But when I was with my art, I would just have visual conversations. So I never felt lonely when I was alone. Even Mm. now, even now I look for solitude. You know, I'm going to Chicago in four weeks from now. And I had a friend ask if they could go with me. And I was like, I actually am looking for forward to the drive alone Uh, and I said please don't be offended but I didn't even invite my mom yeah well you know I think lots of times people who um are creative need processing time oh my god say I know I do oh I need it I crave it Mm -hmm. I think there's there's a a certain room at the Chicago Art Institute that I've been visiting years probably almost probably 20 years. And there's this one painting I always go back to look at because I always perceive it differently. Mm. And I've been observing this painting for 20 years. And I, because we change. So our perception of things change. So if you're looking at something for a minute and you don't get it and you walk away frustrated, you cheated yourself and you cheated that artist too, you know, that, that put that piece out there in the atmosphere. So If I could just tell people anything besides be true to yourself, I would say take your time. Just take your time. Like timing is different for everybody. It has to be. So we should stop judging ourselves by someone else's timing. 
you know, for them. So not always easy to do though, Aaron. <laughs> it's difficult. It's, it's not difficult. easy to do. But people should do more research with that. I was doing I was reading an article. Uh, it was in an art magazine, maybe Art in America or something like that. Maybe it was Vogue, actually. It might have not even been a fine art magazine, but maybe it was Vogue, which I see Vogue as an art mag- magazine. Mm. Vogue is art to me. Um, but it was talking about how it w- they were looking at these different artists and they were in the same age bracket. And it talked about how on average artists tend to peak not in their 20s or 30s, but 42 Oh, wow. 42 is the average peak age Mm. for artists. And I'm like, I've been beating myself up all this time and I'm only 38. Like, you know, (laughs) but I didn't see myself as only 38. I'm like, damn it, I'm 38. I'm middle aged. I got to, you know, do this, that, and the other. You are not middle aged. I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) Uh, Feels like it sometimes when I wake up and I'm like, oh, not 18 anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But. But, you know, whatever age I'm at, I I like to joke about my age now. So I'll say things like, you know, I've always been an old woman. I really have. Um, I've always had a soul. Okay. So I used to say that about myself, even as a teen, like I'm an old woman anyway. That way, when I become one, it won't really matter because I've always been one. Mm. I've always been. There's an old woman trapped deep inside of me. And she takes the lead a lot and I appreciate her and I I even tell people like you need to get some older friends why is all your friends in your generation what are they really teaching you we're all learning the same things we're all processing the same way you need some older friends that can look at the situations we're crying about and be like child I did that and it looked like this and it was worse because we didn't have the support that you had while we were going through this, people need to get some friends from a variety of generations. Get you some friends that are five, 10, 20, 30. Get some friends that are twice your age. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is such a beautiful benefit, you know. So definitely. So I have a, one last question for you. It, and what advice would you give any advice to your younger self? Given what you know now about art, mental health, et cetera, what advice would you give that younger Aaron? Man, there's so much I've learned since that little baby girl. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that question, actually. Um, well, the one I would say primarily is be true to yourself. I think, I think for the most part, I did a good job at that, but I had weak moments. You know, um, especially because, you know, when your family is kind of split up and you don't always have, you know, when you're in a single family household, a single parent household, excuse me, while that single parent may be very effective, they don't always have time to sit and encourage all the time. They don't always have time to to spill out all the tools because they're busy trying to take care of the unit, you know, so oftentimes our family meetings are when we're driving, you know, mm. um, because I don't have time to sit around a couch and let's gather around and <laughs> let's chop potatoes together and peel carrots <laughs> together. We don't, <laughs> I, I'm raising three kids by myself. I don't yeah. have time for that. So I'm like, look, <laughs> while we on the way to such and such, listen to what I say right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
we don't we don't always have time to kumbaya it out, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I would say I hear you. Yourself be stay true. You know, be and then something that I tell my students now that I didn't know until I was a professor is um, your older self is looking at you. Oh, interesting. Right your older self is looking at you. Don't disappoint them. Uh. They they're watching you right now. So if I would have known that as a younger person, I would have done so many things differently, especially when it came to certain relationships that ended up being toxic. Uh. Yeah. So I would, I would say that to my younger self, your, your, your 38 year old self is looking at you 18 year old. Yeah. I am officially 20 years associated with this place, you know? So that's what I would have told myself, you know, back then. I tell my students that now. So it's interesting. Um, I'm not going to really explain how I, I came across them because that was um, sort of happenstance. But I ended up listening to this album called Heal. And it's um, by a band that um, has kind of a mix of um, U.S. and Korean uh, folks. And the, one of the songs is Childhood. And in that song, it really speaks to what you just said. Yeah. About looking back. And then as you look forward, quit quit having excuses for what you didn't do and just move on. Yeah. And just move so, on, maybe see if it'll work better for you now. Like, right. you know, me, I was a traditional college student, age 18 to 22 and then 20 to 24 for grad school, you know. But my mom was 50 when she graduated and she did well. So um, I sometimes think about that too. Like what would education, that experience have looked like for me past the age of 25, if I started past the age of 25, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I would have had probably a different level of confidence, you know, but at the same time, I don't regret going to school. And I did because in graduate school, I became pregnant my last year and had my first child two weeks after I graduated. Oh, wow. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two weeks after I graduated. So I don't regret the road that I took because when parenting and when relationships became difficult, if nothing else, I had my education and my career to fall back on, to guide me, to cushion me, you know, to, to, to comfort me. If I didn't have anything else, I had to, some women when they got divorced, had to start all the way over. I didn't, I didn't have to leave my home. I didn't have to I didn't even have to get rid of the dog. You know, we, we mm -hmm. stayed where we were. I had my career when the pandemic was happening. I was a single mother of three, but we lacked for nothing. We lacked nothing. Um, we were grateful. I loved the time that I had with my kids under the pandemic. We grew a garden together. We played at the park all the time. We bought outdoor toys. You know, we, you know, it, it was rough sometimes mentally, but overall, we we just really enjoyed each other's company. But I don't know if it would have been the same if I didn't have the comfort and the cushion of my my career and my education and my creativity. I'm so it, it, it's so lovely to hear that your mother went to school later. My mom, um, she constantly, constantly would tell us about you'll always have your education. You should always be able to self-support no matter what. And she was really adamant. And um, one, I think she was 
felt like she never, you know, went on to school. But bigger is she didn't tell us until uh, literally I was in, in my 30s when my mother told me about how her mother was impacted by her lack of education and and lack of choices yeah and so my mother just was hell-bent that we all would not face that at the expense of her doing it herself she wanted to see uh, us succeed and my kids will do even better than me you know, because there's certain things that I'm not afraid to share with them that I think in previous generations you had to be quiet about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope, you should know this so that you don't do know this about me. So you don't do it. You know, and um, I don't know. Things are just the same and different right now when it comes to raising children, you know, support. That's always going to be a must. That's going to be necessary. But it looks different now. You know, because back in the day it was what happens in this house stays in this house, Mm -hmm. you know, but now it's like, no, something goes wrong. You tell as many people as you can, you know, Um, and you stand up for yourself in in this way. And, and, you know, um, there's there's so many barriers that have been broken down from previous generations and they'll continue to be. And I really I love that. I love change. I look forward to change, change it maybe because as a kid change was so abrupt and in some ways traumatic that I was just used to change. We changed schools a lot, you know, we changed households sometimes. So while change was sometimes traumatic, it shaped and molded me to be able to adjust to changing situations when they happened. Oh, Mm -hmm. this happened. Okay. Well, time to get on the ball. Got to make it work. You know, instead of freezing up and being like, oh, my God, I can't do this. You know, those things that um, no longer serve me, you know, um, at at one point in time, they 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 were negative, but I've taken them and made them a positive thing in my life. You know, so Mm -hmm. everything wasn't awful. But as a kid, you don't really have a say so about your circumstances with my kids. I want to know their opinion. I want to know your thoughts. I put them in therapy because I want them to be able to talk to someone that they feel comfortable about. The thing is, people feel like the kids should come and, oh, you can tell me everything. Well, of course they can. But kids, what people don't realize is kids don't want to tell you everything for fear that they might make you sad. Right. I don't want to see mom sad. So I'm just not going to tell her. But see, if I get my kids a therapist, that's a non-biased individual. They actually feel more comfortable telling them things. Because they're not fearful that they might break their heart, mm. you know, so right. people should do that more too. get them kids in therapy. Even if you feel like your life is picture perfect, just just because you never know what they're dealing with internally. So that was one thing I wish I had more of as a kid. But my parents just didn't know because, you know. We grew up it in wasn't church. a thing then. It wasn't. You know, and and I'm older than you are, Aaron. But it just, I I don't know if anybody was in therapy. Of course, we didn't know about it, but it was just not a thing. That part too. Yeah, and I I reflect back and feel like, you know, I could have done better with my own kids as well, for sure. So kudos you to you this, that you're doing you that the resources that are available now, you know, right. That probably, yeah. probably that was true. And I also didn't know how to approach it. I probably did it a little bit um, like a 
beer in a china closet <laughs> you know trying to I, you need to do this instead of why it was a positive thing but i think um now i love that that is it's so much more accepted to say yeah i have a therapy appointment i have this etc yeah and, and i think we all benefit i i i concur um because yeah. i have anxiety and um depression especially seasonal affect um <laughs> like really bad <laughs> yeah I, and, I, I, listen i i relate i totally get it so you know it, it's funny you say that because um sometimes i'll post on facebook during the winter seasons i'll be like hey you guys for those of you that are experiencing the winter blues try eating these foods mm. try try eating this and i will write a whole list and be like these are actually mood boosting foods and mood boosting supplements take your vitamin d take vitamin c with vitamin d and mm -hmm. vitamin b and you will be surprised it'll work wonders it, for you it just makes a small difference you know yeah but sometimes it's about what we eat and true that true that yeah. well thank you so much for talking yeah, with me you. i really appreciated it and um i love your art uh i think it's and i i like like can you hold up the one with the string coming out of it yeah. so i can really appreciate it yeah and actually, I got this one basket hanging up above it. That's hilarious. Look at that. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> Thank you. It makes it, the 3D effect makes it so awesome. It is so much fun when it's hanging on a wall. Yeah. And you get to like see it cascading down the wall. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. It, and I did that last summer. I became a brand ambassador for um, an art supply company called Royal Talents. And I just started, even in the midst of a lot of mental turmoil, I was painting ferociously. Mm. I did more paintings in one summer than I ever did at one time in my life last summer. And it was during a really difficult time, but I'm so grateful that even during that time, my creativity was flowing. It was flowing just like the paint. You know, so I'm, well, it I'm, definitely I'm, sounds like that's how you process. I think it is. I, I've always been the kind of person like, you know, even in college breakups and things like that, I would go to work. Mm. I, mean, I would just go to work in the studio. And um, that was that was my process. So now then I had to be like, OK, how do I channel that energy even when I'm feeling good? Because some people, when they feel good, they're more relaxed. And when some people like me, you're feeling bad and it's like, oh, it's time to just paint, 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 you know. Um, but I wanted that same energy even when I was feeling good or moderate. So I've been able to make that happen as well. Very cool. Well, but thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I appreciate our time together and hopefully we'll see you me soon. Too. I'm so happy I got to meet you. Yay. Yay. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. It is an honor to talk with these amazing creators. You can see and read the artist's work in The Shallot, our journal of mental health, art, and literature, or on our website, thelayeredonion.com. Thank you. A little more.